Hello. Welcome back to another episode. It's me. I'm back with another episode, per usual. And what are we talking about today? I've, I have a lot of really cool ideas um, in, in my little Google Docs of topics that I want to talk about that I have pulled up right now so I can like stay on track basically. And uh, last week I uploaded a episode about the internet being good or bad or harmful or helpful per se. And it was one of my, you know, most favorite episodes I've done thus far because it it was kind of like a pros and cons, but I enjoyed the way that it made me think um, in terms of like how it is how one point can counteract another. I wanted to kind of do that again, but not this time I don't really have a question, but more so just like a topic that I want to analyze and give my opinion about, but also kind of just state the facts about what it is. I, if you don't know, um, I've mentioned it before, I, I have a degree in, in journalism and in um, more specifically public relations. And I also have um, a minor in fashion merchandising. And so I have a little bit of credibility, I would like to think, uh, about this topic. Today we're talking about fast fashion. Uh, you know it. You might love it. Deep down, you probably hate it. And it is an extremely complex discussion it is but it isn't because it's like it's not a matter of is fast fast fashion good or bad it's not a matter of that it's fast fashion is a matter of does it have a place in society um because we know fast fashion isn't good and um the question i kind of want to revolve all of these topics around is why do we have it why is it continuing to be such a important and impactful factor in society in our in pop culture basically mainly like in the U.S. Um, and I kind of wanted to just unpack it and I want to get into it so let's do it. I first want to say that The issue isn't fast fashion itself, which kind of counteracts some of the things I just said, but it's it's more so about the consumption in which people are buying things. And the more people are buying things, the more, you know, the production rate has to increase. So... Basically, if you don't know what fast fashion is, it's basically clothes that are made um, extremely quickly, hence the word fast, that typically stay up to date with trends at a like record speed. Because, um, for example, brands that aren't fast fashion, like Free People, um or what's it like another one that most people know uh like Abercrombie I would argue isn't fast fashion not completely at least those they're not coming out with loads and loads of new styles and new pieces 
every day or once a week. They're maybe coming out with like a collection every, you know, few months or something like, you know, when the season's changing or whatnot, or they'll drop a few pieces here and there. Um, but not to the extent that fast fashion companies are doing it. I'm talking the rapid posting hundreds of new pieces every day um, kind of websites. For example, the most notorious Shein. I remember when I was younger, you know, a couple years ago before it was extremely popular and where everyone shops nowadays. I remember shopping on fast fashion websites because I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I just knew was cheap clothes and I that's what I could afford. It was it was not only Shein, but it was also like Romwe, um what the fuck Cupshe. There's like a couple different ones, but Shein's kind of like the the top dog of fast fashion. It's like actually I'm almost positive that they were the one of the number one like top selling clothing brands like in in a whole calendar year which is kind of terrifying and it was like by a long shot too there are certain fast fashion company fast fashion companies that have just a chokehold on society more than other fast fashion companies we're going to talk about that I'm kind of going to break this down into pros and cons because I feel like that's the easiest way to do that. Kind of like, you know, the the good that comes out of it, I guess, or can come out of it. Again, it's not the... I mean, it is the fast fashion itself and the materials that they're using and, and we'll get into this later, but just like the living conditions... Um, and working conditions that the workers are in all of that is not good is an issue for sure but it's mostly because of how much people are buying keeping them in business keeping the production rate extremely high which leads into products and styles just getting tossed out because the trend cycle is so quick and we're going to dive all into that. But first I want to talk about some, you know, maybe the good things that can come out of fast fashion. It's a very short list, but it's still a list that I that I compiled and some of it might be a stretch. The first one is that it is an affordable way to stay on trend. Now the reason why it's so hard to stay on trend sustainably is because the trend cycle is extremely quick. What I mean by this is basically like how it feels like every month there is a new trend. Um, All of a sudden everyone started having, and this isn't really fashion, but like the Stanley water cup things. Um, I remember whenever like fancy, you know, Y2K clothes and crazy pants and stuff were in style. See how quickly that died? I mean, some people probably still wear it, but that was a trend that lasted just for a few months. 
Um, and so it fast fashion, it's contributing to these micro trends, but it's also useful for people who want to stay on trend because it's such a quick turnaround for these trends. And if you care about staying on trend, um, then I guess fast fashion is an easy way to do this. Um, it stays up to date with social media extremely quickly. Like if something's, if there's a piece from a sustainable brand or, you know, a good quality brand, um, that blows up on TikTok, like we see someone wearing it and everyone's like, I need that. And then they realize that it is like $350 from Reformation and you're like, fuck, now there's this demand that Shein sees and it's like, oh shit, let's get this, let's steal this exact design, make it low quality, sell it for $8 and ship it out. And that's how that works so quickly. I can't wait to get into the cons, guys. I'm just gonna, oh, I'm so excited. It's an easy way to stay up to date, you know, with where like the the companies stay up to date pretty quickly. It's convenient. If there's a style that you see on Pinterest of a model wearing, there's probably a Shein version of it. And that's just the reality of it. Um, and kind of lastly, my three points of the pros of fast fashion. Um, it's an easy way to fit in a society where if you stick out too much and you're not staying on trend or you're wearing stuff that's like way, you know, it's out of style, it's dated, you might get ripped apart. It's like good luck if if you're not staying semi on trend. Um, it's especially in middle school. Middle school and high schoolers are just brutal. Those were the worst years of my life. Not so much high school, but middle school. I never, ever, ever, I've blocked out half of it. It was just awful. So, yeah, I guess those are like barely pros of fast fashion. I wouldn't even consider them pros. It's like, that's basically their its place in society. In in that regard, it, it kind of just, it gives people uh, a way to stay on trend with these trends that are because of fast fashion. And uh, I'm telling you, it's such a complex thing. And let's get the fuck into it. Let's get into the cons because this is, it's going to be the bulk of this episode because there are so so many that we need to get into. <clears throat> God, I love this topic. I could talk about this shit forever. It was my favorite thing. Well, not my favorite thing, but whenever I was in my fashion classes in college, um, I loved talking about sustainability and um, the impacts that fast fashion has on the environment and the detrimental effect it has on its workers and it is just such a terrible thing i have watched so many documentaries um from 
one class specifically that I had where we watched a documentary basically once a week. And so many of them were journalists trying to uncover the living and working conditions that fast fashion workers had. And it was like gut-wrenching incredibly gut-wrenching con number one there there's a new fashion trend at least every three to four weeks as i was saying earlier fashion trends used to be every five to ten years that's why whenever you think of the 80s you think of a specific style because it lasted for you know a whole decade but now when you think about modern times and you're thinking about what's the distinct style of the 2010s and so far the 2020s. It's hard to pinpoint an exact style for the 2010s because towards the middle and end, fast fashion started to blow up. Um, you could argue that there was a general theme for the 2010s but not like the 70s or the 50s where there was those distinct outfits that pretty much everyone was wearing now you might be thinking well why would we want to all be wearing the same thing babe we kind of are at the end of the day we are kind of all wearing the same thing it's just happening a lot quicker and within like a year like our decades that we know and love uh, the 60s, 70s, 80s fashion have become like one years. Like if whatever the fuck like you want to call a decade, whatever, just a, a monoid, that sounds bad. But that's basically what it is. Like we have kind of, I'd argue you could have maybe, I'll give it like every, you know, two years is our like new decade in terms of fashion and fashion trends. Um because that's just how quickly shit changes. So if you're trying to stay on trend, you're going to keep buying more things because, I mean, it's just a ripple effect. The trends are changing so quickly because of social media and fast fashion. And now you're trying to stay on trend. So you're going to look to fast fashion because, you know, responsible, ethical brands aren't trying to stay up to date as quickly and pushing out new styles every day now you're going to go to fast fashion websites because they are quicker with it and you want to have this new piece that everyone has because you like it and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with wanting to wear what everyone else is wearing my god I have like I have shit that probably hundreds of thousands of other bitches have and I love it and there's nothing wrong with it it's just a matter of like shopping habits and behaviors which we'll get into later as well this trend cycle is ever-growing it is extremely fast and so you're trying you know you're buying these pieces because they're in style they're cute you like them fair enough but a couple months down the line, no one's going to be wearing that. I have, for example, I used to shop at fast fashion um, places, mainly like Shein, because it's 
what I can afford. And I, at the time, it was trendy things. And um, more specifically, I have a pair of like flare pants that are like brown zebra print. And I think I bought these my freshman year of college. So like 2019 or like, I don't know, somewhere around there. A couple years ago, I bought these pants. I still have them. And I think I've only worn them three times. And I won't wear them out again because for one, I am almost 23. Two, the bars that I'm going to aren't like, you know, these animal print style environments. Like I'm not, maybe if I was going to like a club or something, maybe, but if I'm just going to a bar and like having a drink and sitting there with my friends, I'm not wearing zebra print pants. Now, if you want to fucking go for it, but personally, that's not what I'm going to do. And the reason I still have them is that is because it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe one day I'll wear them. And then you get into this whole like hoarding thing that like I hoard jeans. I have so many jeans that don't fit me that probably damper my mental health and body image but like I still have them because it's like oh you know maybe one day I'll wear them I'll wear them again I'll fit into them again but what I'm trying to get at is that like you're buying all these things so quickly and without even kind of thinking about the longevity of them and not even in terms of like wearability I'm talking like is this piece going to still be relevant in a year from now ideally you want to be buying things with the mindset of in five years, will I still be able to wear this? That's kind of where you want your mindset to be. And that's just like not a thing anymore. The idea that people have in their heads whenever they're shopping is like, what's in right now? What are we doing? Who's wearing what? Where can I get it the fastest? Um, and I'd argue also Amazon has not had a great impact on consumerism in fast fashion because now with this like prime shipping two-day shipping the expectation of quick delivery has increased whenever I used to shop at Shein I remember having to wait like a month for this shit to come in now whenever I hear about people putting in like Shein orders they get it like the next week because Shein has become such a global distributor like there's distribution centers in the U.S. now because they saw the opportunity of it expanded over to here because so many of their customers were in the U.S. So it's a strategic move on their part. They saw the opportunity, took it, and now they're having happier customers because they don't have to wait as long because they know that this delivery time expectation increase um, is so crucial to what their consumers are expecting, if that makes sense. Next, fast fashion. I kind of touched on this a little bit, but fast fashion brands are notorious for just stealing designs from small designers and even you know, mainly high-end 
couture designers. There was this one specific instance that I had in mind. Um, it was a black-owned business. I wish I remembered to learn how to pronounce this. It looks like ex- Alexia, Alexia, E-L-E-X-I-A-Y, um, small business, and this designer had completely stolen, like, completely replicated this, um, it was a hand-knit, crocheted, um, long-sleeve knit top, and it, like, you know, crossed, and it had, like, it was two colors on each side, beautiful, it was, like, handmade in Nigeria, ethical business, um, small business, black-owned, good quality, the, the good things that you want in, if you're gonna shop sustainably and responsibly, and Shein just took it and ran with it, because they, they're not designers there, they're not designing these pieces, not, not typically, maybe a very, very small percentage of their, designs are quote-unquote original but I'd argue 99% of the time it's just stuff that they took from big name brands or small name brands that they think they can just rip off and produce it in um, with cheap quality materials and slap a low price tag on it because they're not paying their workers a lot at all and then they can you know keep their profit high because they're using cheap materials, cheap labor, and they know that people are going to buy it. They've done this to dozens and probably hundreds of other small businesses and designers. Um, That was just the one that kind of came to my mind because big brands and um, I don't even want to call Shein a brand because it's like, I don't know, it's not like it's when you buy something from Shein, it has a tag on it where it's like normally like this is from Aerie, the shirt that I'm wearing right now. And on the tag, it says Aerie. And whenever you buy stuff from Shein, I'm pretty sure it will say Shein on like the little tag. But it's just, it doesn't seem fair to call it a brand because they're just like not designing their stuff. And I'd argue that if you're a brand, you're designing your own things and Shein is not. So hot take. I don't think Shein is like a brand. They're just a company. Next, another con of fast fashion. Um, And I know I keep referring to Shein. This goes for all fast fashion. Like arguably other fast fashion companies that you might not think are fast fashion are like Zara, H&M, Aeropostale, probably American Eagle. Because there's different levels of fast fashion there's like the the tried and true Shein low quality you know very affordable clothing and then there's companies that are still pushing out frequent styles but maybe are using a a little bit of better quality materials but they're still using sweatshops or they're not paying their workers a lot and they kind of cover it up with these higher prices Um, because obviously jeans from American Eagle feel and fit different than jeans from Shein but that doesn't mean that American Eagle is a ethical responsible 
brand. It just means that they are producing clothing that, you know, might have might be using um, better quality cotton, but it doesn't excuse the fact that like they might still be using sweatshops. I don't know if they are. This is just like a brand that came into my mind. Um, so this isn't, I'm not saying that American Eagle is for sure, you know, a part of fast fashion, but that's just kind of an example where, um, I know for sure like H&M is 100% fast fashion, but it's the way that they brand themselves and the way that they price their things, um, because there is a clear, um, branding difference whenever you go on like a Shein website versus an H&M website. H&M, you know, is affordable, but their style is a little bit more um, of the basics. Um, they they brand themselves in a way that doesn't seem, dare I say, trashy sometimes. Like, you know, Shein, there, can, there are definitely like trashy things on that website because it's just like this cheap clothing that is being made at record speed with trends that are only going to last like a month. Um, so there is that difference, but in the prices might be higher, but at the end of the day, they're still a fast fashion company. So there's just like, you you just have to remember there's those different, you know, levels just because H&M has in stores, in store stores, doesn't mean it's not fast fashion. It definitely still is. And I think that's a, it's a common misconception that it it might not be because they have in, like, they have stores in person and popular, well-known, 100% for sure, fast fashion brands like Shein are online only, which isn't always the case. Like, you can have a store in person and still be fast fashion for sure another con which i this one pisses me off the most not the most but it's definitely up there the ethical concerns of workers rights and working conditions um in the fast fashion industry uh like i was talking about earlier there are I I watched, I've watched a lot of documentaries on what the conditions are like for these workers. And a lot of the times these factories will be, have like high security. They won't let journalists or reporters kind of interview workers. And if they do, the workers get fired and the workers can't afford to get fired because while they're making a living and it's not enough, they're still you know, making some kind of money that they need. There were so many where there were journalists and reporters trying to uncover things that were getting detained and like screamed at, borderline arrested because they were trying to like get on the premises and trying to, you know, talk to the workers about what their life is like at this factory and how much they're getting paid and things like that um and it was really dangerous for those reporters because these companies and these factories were so secretive about information because they know like they're gonna get dragged for it because the conditions aren't good 
and they're not paying their workers like nothing so this is a discussion that could go on for hours uh for sure so these factories are typically located in india indonesia vietnam bangladesh china places where you know there are cities and countries that have very kind of i don't know how to word it but where they'll kind of take any job they can get because they need work and they need to provide for their family. Now, and it's typically in, you know, developing countries to use the people for cheap labor because they know that the citizens are desperate and they need money and they'll take whatever they can get. So these giant corporations like Shein will take advantage of them and pay them very, very little. They know that the workers aren't going to put up a fight because they're trying to make anything that they can. They're obviously not paid a fair wage for a proper life. More specifically, a factory in Bangladesh pays its workers 33 cents per hour. This salary only covers half or a fifth of what it costs to make ends meet. So, um, and that's a article from earth.org. Um, on an article about fast fashion, the danger of sweatshops. I can put it in the little bio for this episode if you want to give it a little read. I might also include uh, some other articles and stuff if you guys feel like reading up on it because I think it's really important to do your own research and look at the reality of things and um, really have a, like a reality check on what sweatshops are, what companies are using sweatshops, Um, and things of that nature. So like I mentioned, this article is talking about uh, H&M Forever 21 receiving new shipments like every day. These brands are able to sell a huge amount of clothing at extremely low prices by contracting with suppliers in underdeveloped nations. So basically what I just said, they know that these third world developing countries, the people will take any work that they can get. And um, I had to do a project for my one fashion class. Um, It was like a global supply chain uh, class and we, or it was a a global sourcing class or something like that. And we had to get in a group and research um, different aspects. Like if you are a buyer for a company, you have to know where a place is good to buy from that you know, won't get you canceled, that is ethical, factories that are ethical for a price that's within the budget, um, who uses material, like all of this stuff a buyer has to know. Um, And I was in charge of looking at the kind of like civil uh, rights and laws and and stuff in Italy. Um, And believe it or not, there is a lot of there's a lot of people including me before this project where I thought you know there's a made in Italy tag it has to be good quality from a a good factory which oftentimes is true because the craftsmanship in Italy is really good but I found there were definitely a few factories in Italy that were sweatshops so there they can be in countries where you there are sweatshops in America 
like they don't have to be in developing countries. They've been sweatshops are not a recent phenomenon and have been covered in the media for decades. It has the fast fashion industry has long been complicit in a system that pays workers below substance subsistence in order to maximize the profits. Um, this is kind of just like talking about everything I just talked about. I just wanted to see if it mentions what like factory is paying their um, workers 33 cents per hour. A lot of companies, um, I'm pretty sure Shein specifically, I think, pays their workers per piece. So um, if it's, if you're producing and you're working in this factory, the sweatshop, if you're making 10 cents per garment, you're going to try and make as many garments as possible because you want to make more money to make ends meet, obviously. Now, where the issue of this comes in, obviously there's already the issue that the worker's getting paid like nothing, but the production rate, as I talked about earlier, increases, and now you have just a shit ton of the same pieces that might go to waste because the trend cycle is so quickly. So these pieces, yeah, some of them are going to be bought, but there's a really, really high percentage that a lot of it's going to go to waste and just end up in a landfill. And I am going to go into the environmental aspect of fast fashion and because I also wrote a research paper about it. I love this topic. It's such a terrible, terrible thing, but it I could talk, I might do a second, a part two about it because it's something that is ingrained in society and normalized and I don't think that it should be, but I am going to talk about this later, but kind of like if it's the only thing you can really afford, kind of how to manage that. This article um, is talking about how, um, you know, people will pay $50 for a t-shirt or like $500 for a t-shirt. And a lot of people have, I've personally even heard like, why would you pay $500 for a t-shirt if you can get it for $10 at on Shein or something like that? Um, now, $500 for a t-shirt, that's a, a fucking lot. But even, like, more realistically, like, I could see, you know, someone, even myself, if I had the means, like, $100 for a t-shirt, like, a good quality t-shirt. Um, it honestly comes down to what, I don't want to say morals because I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I think those who shop at fast fashion places don't have morals. I don't think that's the case. But I think people who pay more for clothes um, at responsible and sustainable brands are just, it's it's a matter of like investing in those pieces. And it's a matter of um, how much you value your clothing, I guess, is a better way of saying it. So like, for example, say there is a dress on reformation or um i don't know what i don't know why i keep using reformation because i know it's like pretty well known and it's also expensive but it's because it's a very very sustainable and ethical brand say you see a dress on there and you're like i think i need that dress i want to be buried in that dress but newsflash it's 320 dollars you're like that's, I'm not in the market for that. Let me go on 
Shein or H&M or Forever 21 or Cider or Zotful or whatever the fuck else where they sell kind of like knockoffs of expensive brands. And let me go buy that. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I'm also not saying it's a good thing. Because if you feel that you are going to wear the shit out of that dress, then I think that's kind of where it becomes okay to buy from these places. The issue arises when you buy something that you is like you haven't thought about it. Like deep down in your soul, you know you're not going to wear that for the next three years of your life minimum. That's where the issue arises that you still buy it even though you know you're not going to wear it for however long. Now, on the other side of it, it's the same token. Like, you buy this dress from a fast fashion company and you're like, I will wear the shit out of this dress. Fair enough, but how long is that dress going to actually last you? Because it's made out of cheaper materials. That's that's another argument. When you throw out these um, cheap clothing, the environmental effects it has is extremely negative. And I'll like I said, get into that. I want you guys to know that I understand why people buy things from fast fashion companies. I understand it. I've been there. I don't want anyone to think that everything I own is not fast fashion. I think the pants that I'm wearing right now are probably fast fashion. It's a matter of how much wear you're going to get out of it. As I mentioned, I've seen many documentaries, many movies, many videos on uncovering the way that these workers live. Some uh, sweatshops will provide housing for their workers that's like in the factory basically and they'll just shove eight people into a small room with mattresses on the ground and when I say mattresses I mean they're just like mats basically and there's not like you know there might not be electricity. Um, and they're just shoving as many people as they can in one room, which opens up a conversation of being a fire hazard. It's extremely devastating. And I can't believe that we live in a world where that's just accepted and not thought about and overlooked. Um, and it breaks my heart. But it's just because it's out of sight, out of mind. Truly, that's what it is. I highly encourage all of you to watch a documentary, the dog upstairs, I just want to side note, uh, the dog upstairs right now that my upstairs neighbor yells at at the top of her lungs every day is making a ruckus. So I can only imagine what my upstairs neighbor is going to come home to. This dog is moving shit around. I can hear its little, little toes and nails on the ground. But anyways, I really highly encourage uh, you to watch a documentary, read an article about the real things that happen in sweatshops. As kind of disturbing and as heartbreaking as it is, I think it's really important for you to expose yourself to these things, especially if you're a frequent shopper. Another point is um, kind of the environmental aspect of it. As I've mentioned many times thus far, um, fast fashion uses very cheap fabrics, mostly thermoplastics and synthetics. Uh, for example, like nylon, polyester, which are 
derived from fossil fuels. And we all know, I would hope, if you're listening, um, I would hope we all know fossil fuels, not good for the earth. Not good. And not only are they using not great fabrics and materials, they're also not using environmentally safe dyes. So these are called azo dyes, A-Z-O, where they're using chemicals that penetrate into nearby waterways. Um, These countries also, where the sweatshops are, likely don't have strict regulations and laws in place that um, pertain to the environment and also obviously um, humanitarian rights, workers' rights. And often they lie about a lot of um, the things, like the way that the workers live and the way that they're treated. It's very, very often that they're lying to the government or to whoever. So basically, um, for Shein as an example, a lot of the clothes aren't like actually dyed. They're um, like they'll be printed or they'll be garment dyed. They're probably not being like yarn dyed, which is whenever before the garment's even made, the, you know, the the thread and the fabric is being dyed before the production and the, you know, construction of the pieces. Um, It's just easier to garment dye because it's quicker. However, this can, like, this is where the environmental concerns come in because they're using these giant tubs of liquid typically like water and solutions and solvents with the dye that's also no bueno for the earth and they are they have to dump that out every time they're dyeing a garment so that's just more water and chemicals that are being like tossed out and they're not you know recycling it because that costs money and that costs time like recycling these vats of water and chemicals um, for the dye is extremely expensive it's complicated. You need some high-tech machinery that fast fashion companies are not willing to pay for. So they just dump it and they keep it going. It's, it's just a never-ending cycle. So there's also that. Whenever you donate clothes, we'll talk about the way that clothes are thrown out in the factories and the way, you know, consumers are throwing out clothes. So when you buy clothes from a cheap company, this also goes for Forever 21, H&M, things like that, you know, it's it's had its fair share in your closet. However many times you've worn it, that's your business and not mine. I would hope you've worn it, you know, as much as possible. So say you're done with it and you're like, it is time for me to say goodbye to you and you go you put it all in a bag you take it salvation army or wherever the fuck take it to some thrift store to donate and now that's their problem now they have to go through all of your bags and shit and then it gets probably placed on a shopping like on one of the racks now it's gonna sit there and someone might buy it and it might have another life. It might have another chance. And which is great because it kind of extends the uh, 
basically the circle of life of your can you guys hear the dog upstairs howling it basically extends the the circle of life for that garment specifically so that's kind of best case scenario for that garment is it gets thrifted and it gets another chance at life now that's not always the case because people are constantly donating things to thrift stores and they don't have an endless supply of clothing racks so they have to exchange things especially whenever the season's changing and they can't you know they can't keep your Shein sweater or your Forever 21 sweater on the rack forever so sometimes they'll put it on clearance sometimes they'll put it on sale to get rid of it hopefully but sometimes not that's whenever it goes say it's goodwill then it goes to the goodwill bins and then maybe one more time and that's not all the time sometimes it goes to the goodwill bins if it doesn't go to the goodwill bins it's going to a landfill now these clothes will be taken to landfills um, if at the end of the day they're not rebought. Now here it comes, the landfills. We we know that they're there. They might not be anywhere near your town, and that's why you might not really think about it. Once again, out of sight, out of mind. If there's not a landfill that you have to stare at every day, and there's not um, a river that you are having to stare at that is completely polluted with clothes and junk. Whenever your clothes end up in a landfill, and this also goes for like non-fast fashion clothing, it degrades over time. And when I say over time, I mean a long time. I'm talking like it can take, it can take a long ass time. Let's Google. Okay. I Googled how long does it take for denim to degrade? And this website is saying 10 to 12 months. Now, that's if it's made of 100% cotton. Typically, it's not. Um, polyester is um, like a poly cotton is the most common combination for fabrics, basically. So polyester degradation time. The dog upstairs man is howling. So polyesters um, are a synthetic fiber so that means that it can't like automatically it's not biodegradable like cotton is cotton is um a like it's a a plant-based fabric that is able to degrade within a year 10 to 12 months essentially if your jeans are 100% cotton they're going to be a bit stiffer but if they have some kind of elastane in them they're going to be they might take a little bit longer because they're not that 100% cotton and biodegradable the reason why some companies have jeans that are more expensive is because not only are they made um, with, you know, 100% cotton or biodegradable materials, things that are of higher quality, also because, you know, they're paying their workers, um, hopefully a fair wage, like Levi's is um, a really good brand to buy jeans off of because not only are they good quality, but they're also like an ethical brand. Um, but if your clothes have polyester in them, um, this website says, which I know this website, it's called Good On You. It take it typically takes 20 years at best for a polyester fabric shirt to, de- to degrade or decompose um, and 200 years at worst. So it could take between 20 years and 200 years to 
degrade in a landfill. That's because, like I said earlier, there it's a synthetics that is derived from uh, fossil fuels and polyester is derived from petroleum. And that, and we know petroleum is a no bueno for this planet. So, like, I wonder if I can see what my shirt's made out of right now. Watch it just be a, all polyester. There's a good chance that it might be, honestly. It is. Like I said, it's from Aerie. Made in China, per huge. Also, fun fact, typically, um, whenever something says made in China, that doesn't mean the whole thing is made in China. Sometimes, like, the cotton will be um, sourced from fucking Bangladesh, but then it gets shipped off to Vietnam for, like, the putting it all together, and the last finishing touches are in China. So whatever, like, the last step is that the garment is finished in is where um, the label made in will say. So sometimes if it's made in America, that doesn't mean everything was made in America. Just fun fact of the day. This dog upstairs, if you can hear it, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to lose my mind. So um, my top is made of 53% cotton, 26% polyester, 17% nylon, 4% elastane. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense because it's soft which polyester is known to make things a bit softer and a little bit looser. And um, same with like nylon elastane also, you know, makes it stretchy. So um, if your jeans have a little bit of stretch to them, that's probably because it has a bit of a higher percentage of elastane in it. If it's just 100% cotton, that's whenever your jeans are going to be really, really stiff and they don't really have a lot of stretch to them, which makes them a little bit more uncomfortable. But it also... Um, means that, you know, they're better quality, they don't have all this extra shit in them, and they're also probably biodegradable, because if they're 100% cotton, then you're, you're looking up for the world. Just out of pure curiosity, I want to go on Shein.com, and I want to look at a pair of their jeans, because that's kind of what we're talking about right now. I don't, I know that's not like a, you know, best seller for them, uh, jeans, like not everyone people aren't buying their jeans from Shein. Some people are. I don't know. I know I used to have a pair and I loved them. They weren't, you know, the greatest quality, but they were definitely, they were up there. It says there's like a random little button on, you know, by the listing. It says cotton, comfortable and breathable, soft and delicate to touch. Yeah, it has cotton in it, but if it's just cotton, it's not going to be that soft to touch and comfortable and breathable i mean not that all not 100 it's not that 100 percent cotton jeans are not comfortable it's that but it doesn't mean that they're you know fucking great and you could sleep in them it has um these jeans specifically 91 percent cotton five percent viscose and four percent polyester look at that now viscose is a semi-synthetic type of fabric that is based in or it has like a rayon base where rayon is made of wood pulp. So it is, it does have kind of this, you know, plant-based thing where it's like, oh, okay, like that's good. Viscose is uh, biodegradable because it is like a cellulostic fabric. Sorry, I'm going just on a complete tangent on um, like fabrics and stuff like that, but I think that's a really, really big part of fast fashion. 
um, is the materials that they use. And so I guess these jeans aren't, you know, too terrible, which is good. They retail, they're on sale right now uh, for $15. So I think here's the thing. If you're going to buy a $15 pair of jeans and you're going to wear them for a long time, because clearly the materials don't seem that bad. It has like almost five stars on the reviews. So if you're going to wear these a lot and you know you are and um, you feel confident that they're going to be in your closet for a long time, I see personally, I see nothing wrong with that. Now, environmentally, I guess I don't see anything wrong with that. You're still supporting a company that is treating its workers extremely unfairly. But in terms of the environment and sustainability, I guess, I I think that it's okay. Now, where I know they're, where their most popular things are, are their kind of tops, um, the trendy pieces, the going out clothes. Um, so I want to kind of look it up. I want to look up something. Like, this shirt is a pink baby tee that says, hating me won't make you pretty. That's not, that's going to be, there's going to be a couple hundred of those t-shirts in a landfill in a couple years from now. Um, This one says, I love my husband, but sometimes I want to square up. What the fuck does that mean? What, who, who's passing these designs? So, like, shit like that, they're probably designing, but some of these other, um, tees and tops that are really really cute actually are, have, have definitely come from more name brand better quality companies sorry this is a long episode but I won't apologize for it for real um so this it is called Shein easy wear scoop neck cropped tee it has a little category that says trending barbie core didn't know Barbie core was trending, but I guess it is. Um, the description is, don't just think pink, wear it too. This standout hue is coming in hot for the season, and we're wanting it on E-V-E-R-Y-T-H-I-N-G. Everything. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So it's 67% polyester, 30% viscose, and 3% elastane. So it's going to be stretchy, it's going to be comfortable, but it's not going to be that great for the environment. Uh, just out of sheer curiosity, I want to look at one more top because I love going on here. Now, don't get me wrong. While I look for another top, do not get it twisted where I have been tempted so many times to buy something from Shein because it's trendy. It's cute. Like I'm looking at a top right now that I would love to own. It's a pink floral ruched bust frill trim, not front crop tee. And it's baby pink and it's adorable and I would love to own it. Um, I know this was definitely taken from a designer somewhere and they got ripped off, but uh, I know that it's adorable. Once again, it's 95% polyester and 5% elastane. So when if I were to buy this, I would wear it whenever it's warm outside, which is just a couple months out of the year. I wouldn't want to wear it too much because then you're repeating clothes. I also don't do much because I, you know, especially in the summertime, if I don't, if I were still in school, I'm not doing much, so I'm not going to be wearing it as often. 
That brings me to my next points. What can you do and what should you do when, you know, you do want to buy from fast fashion brands or, you know, realistically, you just in this economy, sometimes you just can't afford ethical and sustainable clothing, which I get like once again, don't get me wrong. Like I'm wearing this from Aerie, which is arguably a fast fashion brand but it's a little bit better. In the beginning of this, I should have just went with the definition of fast fashion um, because there are, like I mentioned, there's those different tiers. According to Google, fast fashion is inexpensive clothing produced rapidly by mass market retailers in response to the latest trends. So I guess, you know, I guess maybe Aerie could be a, a brand that is fast fashion but I think I'm going to stop here and I'm gonna do a second episode um, a part two of this because I'm already at like an hour and there's still a decent amount more of things that I want to talk about so I think I'll probably like upload this on you know the normal Wednesday and then maybe upload the second part on like Friday or something kind of do like a little a bonus episode I guess um, where I'm going to talk a little bit more about what you can do um, if you're buying from fast fashion companies what you can and can't do the research you can do and things of that nature how you can be better about it where to go from here um, because that's also another you know another chunk that I don't want to just kind of skip over so Thank you for listening to this one. Stay tuned for part two. If you want to follow me on Instagram, the pod on Instagram, it's at argue with the wall, but the with is a W. Um, you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the, the podcast, whatever you're listening to, like on Spotify, you can follow it, you can rate it. And that's about it. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'm very grateful that you've listened and I will catch you in part two. Toodles.